0: This week's major spoilers podcast live weekend type edition goes out to regular contributors, Jeff Sire, Andrea Orth, and Nathan Olson, who in 1934 came together as a vaudeville comedy act recycling their jokes just like me. And this one goes out to them.
1: The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later.
2: The major spoilers theme song. The major spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod on on the air. The major spoilers podcast is on the air. On
1: the air. Pod pod podcast. I'm Matthew. i Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the major spoilers podcast, podcast, pod, 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 podcast, 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 podcast. The major spoilers
2: podcast is on the air.
1: Welcome to issue uh, 393 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad that you could join us this time. Yay! This is a weird because we're doing this live on a Thursday, mm-hmm. but we're not releasing it till our regular release date on Saturday. So the uh, couple dozen people that are in the chat room get to hear it now and then get to hear it again later and all that other good stuff. Because we know they're going to download it, right, Rodrigo? Yes. Yes. So right. thank you, everybody, for participating. Because
0: we know that they love comics.
1: And we do, too. You know, this... Uh, and we'll see you next time. This week, we're d- we don't really have a topic, you know. It's it's going to be kind of a week in review, even though we still have one more day left to the week. I guess the only big thing that's really happening on Friday this week, uh, Matthew, is WonderCon. WonderCon 2012. Taking place in in uh, Anaheim, California, as opposed to San Francisco, Ooh, California. Yes. Um, it's interesting. Um Throw this out there and, and listeners uh, who are listening live, uh, you guys can uh, call in whenever you want to uh, do give us a moment to pick up and, and uh, we'll get on. But, you know, it's interesting that yeah. San Diego or um, Comic-Con International is the group that puts on both WonderCon and the San Diego Comic-Con. Interesting that. What, four years ago, I said, you know what? San Diego Comic-Con needs to think about moving. And mm-hmm. one of the places they ought to think about moving to is the Anaheim Convention Center because it's bigger. And there, yes, granted, there's not a lot of foot traffic places to go unless you want to go over to Disney a little bit later. But there's certainly a lot more places to stay, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, right. the Moscone Center in San Francisco is under renovation right now. And so that's why they decided to move down to Anaheim. It's a pretty far move to move a, a convention for just one year to do that. And I'm wondering if they're not... Seriously considering Just moving San Diego. Well, moving the it San might, Diego Yeah, Comic it might Con. be a trial run. I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, uh, Comic-Con tickets went on sale this past weekend. The entire four-day run of tickets out in 90 minutes. Oh, sure. 90 minutes. Last year, it took them four days. Minutes. It was 90 minutes this year to be mm-hmm. sold out. It's, it's too big. It needs to move to Las Vegas, <sighs> I think.
0: It's too big.
1: It is too big. Do you no, think the Comic-Con it, is too what big?
0: What it really needs to be... What it really, really needs to be. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm lost.
3: What?
1: What does the San Diego Comic-Con need to be, Matthew?
0: Oh, what the San Diego Comic-Con really needs to be is more focused. Uh, Right now, San Diego Comic-Con, from what I understand, never having been there, but having seen people on there, is it's just... Huge and it's everything. And you'll have somebody who's like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to do. I'm going to get a booth at San Diego Comic Con. What are you selling? Uh, these electronic straps that tell you what color your feet are or something. So it, to me, it's not really anymore a comic convention. Mm-hmm. It's really a huge pop culture convention. And, you know, I, if they move it to another city, that's one thing. I think it, it definitely needs a bigger venue, if only to avoid, you know, Knife in the
1: eye. Well, you know, San Diego is uh the city is expanding that convention center, but I don't think it's going to be done for another three or four years, I think. So you've got some mm-hmm. you're gonna have a lot of growing pains, and I think you're gonna have a lot of frustrated people. But I would agree with you to to a point, Matthew, that yes, San Diego Comic-Con needs to be a little bit more focused, but just like this show. We talk comic books, we talk movies, we talk pop culturey things, and sometimes those pop culturey things right. dive into everything from My Little Pony to what Kevin Smith did on AMC last week. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, well, we it kind of is a big... Was, yeah,
4: it, we was, do. It, was it eating a sandwich? <laughs> is that what he did on AMC last week? <laughs> yeah. Kevin Smith have. ate a
0: sandwich on AMC. I don't know. I think what Kevin Smith did was further degrade the expectation of comic book fans, uh, socially speaking.
1: Jack Waggons. You don't like that show? Not bitter.
0: I don't. Well, I did. I do actually. I liked it the first time I saw it when it was called Pawn Stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And it, it, you know, it's, you know, it's the hipster doofus and his son and his grandson. That show I like. I think that Comic Book Men plays way too hard on the expectation that a, this is how comic people have to act, you know, being set in the androids' dungeon and all, and B. It's really carried by that Kevin Smith expectation, and I feel like maybe having the two things together, the chocolate and the peanut butter, may not actually work in this time. It, it may be peanut butter and salsa, which, don't get me wrong, I like it. But I, I think that by having that guy there who literally is the embodiment of Lewis Lane, the comic book guy, worst episode ever yeah, grab that, that with shield. the enormous rubbery head. Yeah, I think that they kinda they kinda shot themselves in the foot because yes, every comic store does have that guy who sits there and goes, That's gonna suck.
1: You but know, you don't
0: necessarily want that guy to be the focal point of it.
1: Yeah, uh I've been to a lot of comic book conventions. Uh been to San Diego Comic Con. Um and I don't know, I don't know if I really need to go back at all. I mean, it's a fun experience, and you get to see a lot of people like, here I'm just walking down the sidewalk, and my wife is like Hey, I think that's Jim Lee standing next to you. And look, sure enough, that's Jim Lee standing next to me. Right, and then he's uh,
4: flexing really hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then a minute later, uh, you bump into uh, Gene Simmons, who's walking towards you, and it's like, whoa, there's a you know, there's a lot of celebrity, and I think that's what attracts a lot of mm-hmm. what's going on at San Diego Comic Con. Um,
4: hey, I think that's Peter Chris.
1: Yeah, like no, that's actually just the cat. <laughs> Uh, Planet Comic Con. Oh, that's takes a homeless place. guy.
0: No, it is Peter Chris. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Planet Comic Con takes place March 24th and 25th in the Kansas City area. Uh, Billy D. Williams going to be there Ooh. this year. Also, Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Some, Anakin Skywalker oh, from The Phantom Menace, awesome. who is now in his 20s. Yeah,
0: you know, Jake, makes like, sense. he's like 26. You can be like, I, I used to be Anakin. Yeah. And,
1: and you it. know, uh, he has never a- I think he had one minor acting part after Star Wars, but he never acted again and has no desire to be an actor because of all the crap that he got being an eight year old. And- it's a
4: it's a sad story. You know, just the fact that, can, can you imagine that little kid being like, all oh, right, I'm going to be in Star Wars. And everybody's yeah, yeah. like, well, worst face ever.
1: Said he got a lot of crap from kids at school yeah. and all that stuff. So, But he'll be there. Yeah, you can imagine. Uh, also, uh, Amy Okuda well, and, and Robin Thornson in from, 20s, from the Guild. I'm hoping. Yeah,
0: I'm kind oh, of Buck hoping Rogers, that when he's Girard. in his 20s, he'll start to realize. <gasps> he is in his 20s. Gil Gerard
1: is going to be there? Yes. Oh, crap. And it Yeah, now that
0: he's in his 20s, I'm kind of hoping that he realizes that the crap from grade school and high school that he's taken is literally meaningless crap, and it won't yeah. necessarily affect his life anywhere.
1: Yeah. But um, that's just me. Yeah. Uh, in regards to your comments about com- uh, Comic Book Man, I uh, everybody who knows that I have a comic book site or like comics, or do gaming. Mm-hmm. Everybody at the university. Mm-hmm. So, have you seen that show on AMC called Comic Book
4: Men? What do <laughs> hey, you think? Hey, Stephen. Hey, Steven, hey uh, the other day I was watching uh, television, and uh, I saw this thing called Comic Book Men. Do you like
1: it? And, I'm like, and my response is always like, yeah, it's okay, I, I'm not fully caught up. You know, I've missed a couple of episodes, kind of indicating that, you know, mm-hmm. yes, I appreciate you being interested in the things that I'm interested in, but... Uh, the, you're right, Matthew, it's very much Pawn Stars. The part that I don't like, the part that really dug that knife deep into me was, uh, the part where people actually come in and ask you to look at the stuff and then talk about the history of that that, item, because that that is exactly what I had in our, our Mm -hmm. little, uh, long box to do this, this summer was to do a a web series like
0: that. That part of the show. Is the part that is actually offensive to me? Well, yeah, that when they're trying to show. never walk in. Now, here's why. I'm watching this episode, right? This guy walks in with a comic book and he throws it on the counter. And the sudden, the schmuck says, "What do you got?" And he says, first appearance of Wonder Woman." And at that point, I cringe because one of three things just happened. Either somebody just threw a Sensation Number One on the counter like it was nothing and probably knocked a grand off the worth of it. Or somebody wanted us to think that he just threw a sensation number one up on the counter to irritate me. Or more importantly, that guy didn't have the slightest idea what it was that he probably had Probably a little bit of that, but they simple. do,
1: uh, they do a, a big casting call to get all those people, uh, into the yeah. store. So, well, and you know, don't believe everything you, you see on television, even if it says to be reality like television.
4: Right, it's just, you know, they yeah. if you've read sensation
0: comics like that, you don't have any business being on a show called Comic Book Man regardless of stereotype, regardless of anything. If we're talking about historical reality, mm-hmm. that's one of the rarest of the rare golden age books. That is one of the books that is incredibly hard to find. And what he did to the book that was on screen that I couldn't tell whether it was a sensation number 1 was asinine. Just asinine and you can't do that i mean i have people come in and they have their their books in their little hard shell case things and they're like you want to open it and look at it?" i'm like i do not i'll open it if we buy it but there's no way in hell i'm going to take a chance of damaging your book and having you try and tell me that i owe you money Mm
4: -hmm.
0: You, you just you can't do that I would I I had literally I I had anger in my veins and I went to work the next week and Dion was like, did you see the thing with the sensation one? And I'm like, yes, we had like a 10 minute conversation about this crap. So that that show, I think, is manipulative on a number of levels. But the worst part of it is that it's manipulative on an ignorant level that you can't do that with what they're claiming to do. And then the guy who came in and was going they're like, uh, you want to buy the first two appearances of Wonder Woman, or uh, of of Wolverine rather? It'll be thirteen hundred dollars. Like, really? Really? Will it? Because I don't remember the kind market of shape will they're bear. In, but uh the... Exactly. And you know what the market will bear? The market will bear my big fat middle finger at A and E's little show. <laughs> or...
1: What what's it on? Patrick, on have AMC, you watched it's this? It's oh, AMC. Okay. Have you watched the show? Mm-mm. Okay. I'll set you up with a few episodes later in the week. So, okay. Uh, the phone number seven eight five seven two seven nineteen thirty nine, 785 727 1939. Or if you're on Skype, just look for Stephen underscore Schleicher and uh, do call in. Topic is just news news from the last week. You know, it's it's uh, originally, if this show would have been on Friday, it would have been called Finally Friday. Mm-hmm. But uh, since we're on Thursday, <laughs> I think we're going to call it Suddenly Thursday. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> on the Mather Day. Spoilers <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Spoilers
0: are funny.
1: Suddenly, oh, uh, you that, like did you guys see that? Did you guys see that college uh, humor bit where the stars were coming out saying, "Please don't give spoilers. Spoilers ruin shows," and it's all in tongue in cheek. But they were just like, "We're against spoilers." It's yeah. like, how could you be against my website? Hey, Steven mm. Lopez, <laughs> did you see even like
5: her on Skype? <laughs> suddenly, f- suddenly, suddenly like Thursday.
1: That. Yes, do give us a call. We are suddenly interested in talking Thursday. to you. And hearing about your thoughts on really any topic, uh, uh, any, uh,
0: and if you want, I'll tell you any why news Defy item. Talks like that.
1: Um, ba, 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 ba. let's see. Oh, uh, X Men Extreme, Extreme X Men. Mm-hmm. Didn't we? Didn't we have an Extreme X Men before, Matthew?
0: Yeah, we did. Uh, Chris Claremont did Extreme X Men in about two. I want to say two thousand. One or two when they relaunched the X-Men franchise was astonishing and it was like five X-Men relaunches uh-huh. ago. But it was, uh, it was a book that basically had Chris Claremont's pet characters and then a new Thunderbird. Yeah. And the new Thunderbird offended me because they did the thing where they're like, Oh, he's an Indian too, except he's East Indian. And I'm like, but that, that's yeah. just, that's rude. And then they had the girl who looked like Pam Anderson and had the powers of the mimic. What was her name? Lifeguard?
4: No, that was. She, Lifeguard her costume came later. Because like, I. Well. Okay. Uh, or Or I stopped reading. Because actually, Extreme X Men was right around when I stopped reading X Men. Like, I came all the way through with the. Um from zero tolerance and basically when Chris Claremont took over the X-Men again, I was like, Wow, this is massively yeah. stupid. Who's this guy? Wait, yeah. he's the guy who wrote the X-Men? <laughs> like I, the X Men that are like the X-Men that are out yeah, yeah. now, the guy I, who changed the game. Yeah. What happened?
1: I, I have yeah. a theory about what this is about, and Thomas is here on the line and he can back me up on this. Mm-hmm. It's not extreme. <laughs> it is X treme. Uh-huh. And Treme is oh, so a neighborhood New in New Orleans. Uh-huh. So he's someone who's no longer from New Orleans. Uh-huh. And what color is the ex probably Gambit. Pink, just uh-huh. like Gambit. So this Gambit is going to be a Gambit type. Gambit, Gambit yeah. you're right. Gambit does have pink it's skin. He yes, he does. And his costume. And his big and glowing... You know, uh where's that pink armor. Yes, hmm. he does. See? That's what it is. Thomas, how are you doing? Or,
5: uh, how are you doing, Steve? Uh, Good. Wonderful! Another Gambit title. My uh, friend it will be sure to be thrilled because that's just what she needs in her oh, really? X-Men box. I like Gambit.
0: <laughs> I think the Gambit should be played in the next movie by by Justin Wilson, he's dead. dead. <laughs> it's gonna be a little <laughs> yeah.
1: hard since he's
0: dead. I don't care if he's dead. This is the X-Men. Everybody come back from the dead into X-Men. You know? Can you name an <laughs> X-Men who's still dead? No, you can't. And the reason Thomas, why how is your Jubilee
5: still dead right now? Yeah, she's oh, undead.
1: well played, sir. Well played. Guy knows his X-Men.
5: Wah, wah. And I don't even read the X-books.
0: That was Steven. That was, that Rodrigo went wah wah
5: at you.
1: Uh-huh. Thomas, how was your
5: week? Oh, it happens. The, uh, my week's been very good. Uh, been working on my uh, press credentials for Wizard World Philly and uh, working on panel ideas for different conventions. So excellent. Uh, been good. Uh. Actually, I actually have two news articles I want to talk about. One that's okay. this week, but one that's sort of uh, about a month ago. That's fine. Because uh, I was surprised you guys haven't talked that much about new Power Girl design. And let's eh, face we it, we all about want to it, talk. Oh, yeah.
1: well, we talked about some of the new I, costume changes. I, I don't, have I don't that know that much if of a Power problem Gunner with was... the costume. Uh huh.
5: Okay. okay. I was going to say, I don't have much, that much of a problem with the costume because it sort of reminds me of the 90s costume. Right. I don't know if anybody had the, that idea. But what I noticed, I don't know if anybody else noticed it. Did anybody else notice that they seemed to reduce the size of her chest?
0: Oh, everybody noticed that. And that was the first thing that people at the comic store were saying. But I i don't think that that's a problem so much as we've seen that one image. and I mean, it's a George Perez version. Uh, it's its hard to say what she'll look like. but And, you
1: yeah, know, yeah, throw that, her in, yeah, throw her in the hands of, the of a different things. artist and someone's going to make her bust, you know quadruple g's again and then you know somebody else shrunk them you know why
0: her you know why her chest got so big in the first place i think i've talked about this on the show before
1: tell us Uh, again power girl
0: was created in like 76 77 uh when she was appearing in all-star comics with the justice society of america it was being drawn by wally wood and wally wood Said in an interview at one point, he's like, "Yeah, I got I got bored and I started drawing Power Girl's bust bigger and bigger and bigger to see what I could get away with." <laughs> yep. And he's like, "I got to the point where I was drawing her with these huge bazoombas and and people started to really like her, so I kept doing it." Yeah. So well, basically, one- Power Girl has a big chest because Wally Wood got bored.
5: <laughs> well, that that's not necessarily a bad thing. Let's be honest about that.
0: <laughs> well, Wally Wood we- bored is a bad thing. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but then we wouldn't have the great Amanda Conner Jimmy Paramati, uh, 12 issues that we had a couple of years ago. But, uh, my one issue is, um, it, it just seems like, and I know she's Supergirl from Earth too, but it seems like they want Supergirl there instead of Power Girl, as in the Supergirl from the main DCU. And if that's the case, why don't you just go with Kara Zarel and not Karen Starr? Because they're, yes, they're both Supergirl, but they're still two different people. And they have two different personalities. I, I think Actually, it's going to be interesting. Star is a separate character now.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting because uh, how uh, do Ms. we know Ellen that. She's a terrific girlfriend. How do we know that um, Helena Wayne didn't just adopt the moniker um, Bertoli <laughs> the pasta when she came to the new DCU main earth? And same way with Karen Starr. That could so, be. Matt uh, Roderick, you, you have some it, thoughts it, on, the, on the Power Girl costume?
4: Uh, I think. Uh, I didn't I didn't mind it. I honestly I don't care one way or another about the porthole, but uh the it took me a while to like I kept looking at it cuz it's the one that has like that uh like golden or like yeah, yeah. metallic chest piece, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like mm-hmm. it took me a while to realize that that's like her initials on there, right? Mm-hmm. It just looked like a weird design to me, but also I keep seeing fish and Superman's logo. <laughs> Thomas, what was your other question? Well,
5: both. Yeah, well, I have, uh, just one more thing. I, I have no. Uh, I uh, uh, I lost my thoughts there. No, but I, I'm sure that at one point the old costume would come back. So that's why I'm not that bad about the costume itself. But the other news story was I wanted to know your guys' thoughts on um the whole Spider-Man teaser trailers. Are we going to see the return of uh Peter Parker and the ultimate uh as an ultimate Peter Parker? or Are we going to see um them actually pull the trigger on a crossover between the six one six Peter Parker? And the new Miles Morales. I
1: don't know. know. Um, (laughs) 616. You know, at at one point. Very
5: good, Matthew.
1: At at one point, uh, Brian Michael Binda said he had this series scripted out to like 680 issues, I think is what he said he had it already scripted out to. (laughs) Um, But uh, I I don't know. I don't know if they're going to bring back Peter Parker. It seems a little too early to bring back the Peter Parker, the ultimate Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. So that only means one of. Two it things: does. either we're going to see a crossover between the universes, or remember the Oscorp had a bunch of spiders, right? That were all being tested. So maybe we're going to see Spider-Man Inc.
4: Yeah, Man of Spiders. Yeah,
1: yeah, could be. You have any thoughts on this? For right me, right now?
0: I I think that all of the all of the processes seem bad. But it had, I mean, it's it is a well-known fact, and it is provable by science that Brian Bendis does not understand the concept of too soon.
1: Yeah, that well, but he certainly understands the concept of drawing a a single sentence out for fourteen issues.
0: Well, yeah, but when you look at is it too soon to bring back Ultimate Peter Parker? I mean. They brought back Thor within 20 minutes of the end of that last crossover. That wasn't yeah. entirely Brian Bendis. But even yeah, so, yeah. I'm going to blame him for it because I can. All right. Rodrigo, what do you think?
4: I think that um, they're probably going to bring back Peter Parker in the 616. Or not in the 616. <laughs> in, the <laughs> in the ultimate, ultimate universe. universe. Yeah. I, I think I think that's probably what they're going to end up doing because... Now that they've established Miles, they can just Scarlet Spider him. Oh, yeah, there you go. Which sure. is probably what's going to end up happening. Despite the fact that they already kind of did cool. that.
5: Well, well, that would lead to the whole Spider-Man 8, because then you would have Miles Morales. You would have Peter Parker, who would return, which, again, I wouldn't have a problem with, but I've been so enjoying Miles Morales. And then, of course, you'd have uh, Jessica Drew, uh, mm. Peter's clone. That's uh, Spider-Woman. Right. Woman. right. Or Spider- and then, Woman. then, of course, you got it's Gwen Stacy. Is she still
4: Carnage? <laughs> I don't think she's still carnage. I believe Um, she was.
5: But those bring up some good things because you don't know if there's any carnage left in Gwen Stacy. And the other thing that they never really um, sort of closed the book on was the Oz formula that's in Mary Jane. People forget that uh, she had a bit of Oz formula and turned into the Demigoblin. Oh, yeah. And um, – the last we saw of it, she was still having shakings in her hand, but they never sort of followed up. They got it out of her system, and so that's something I always hope that maybe one day they would, um, you know, something would come up from that storyline.
0: Mm. It's just proof of my theory that if you hang around Peter Parker long enough, you will get powers.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, Thomas, before and we of let course you, black hat. before we let you go, what uh, <laughs> what was your favorite pick of the week this week that you uh, picked up at the store?
5: Well, actually, I pick up my comics on a monthly, uh, basis. What? Um, but, uh, of the comics that I pick, <laughs> I'm poor. It's what I can do. I, I, the, <laughs> I don't have the advantage of going week to week, but I do go, uh, once a month. Though I do try to go to the comic book, uh, store more. I just only pick up my books once a month. Um, I've been really enjoying, uh, Legend of Oz. Oh, by yeah, Big from, Dog um, Inc. You know, yeah, I picked yeah. up Penny. I picked up Penny for Your Soul. I love that. And I've been loving Legend of Oz, even though I didn't get a number three. I guess it got delayed. But that and, of course, Ultimate Spider-Man, number seven. I just love what they've been doing with Miles Morales. And for an upcoming pick, I'm really looking forward to Tarot, Witch of the Black Rose, number 73. (laughs) Which, (laughs) as a fellow reviewer of uh, Tarot, Witch of the Black Rose, I want to thank Matthew for doing an absolutely superb review on tarot number
0: we 72 love that book it was weirdly ad- addictive i still you know, don't understand how those costumes work though
5: well you know i would look you know because i do have some uh issue i'd love to send you issues or like send you a subscription to um uh broadsword digital comics because they have their own uh digital site that has basically uh they have issues one through 53 i think right now up on the site and I'd love to see you do some, like, retro reviews of, like, some of the first issues. Uh, uh, I have
0: a particular time frame window of retro review. And when the issue, and I believe it's 50-something, 50 53, 54, where uh, you have to get out of here, your vagina is haunted, the, the minute that thing becomes old enough for retro review, it's going on the site. The very minute.
5: <laughs> well, I, I would love to see you uh, review issues like uh, 10 and 11, which are the uh, – uh, Search for the uh, Black Sword um, arc, which is a very, very good arc, and issues uh, 25, which is a really looking sort of Wiccan culture within the book, which are just absolutely superb.
0: That was the th- that was one of the most fascinating parts about the book for me was the uh, the stuff in the back with all of the fans and the the culture. It was just really. One of those moments where you're just like, oh, I feel like I've stepped into somebody else's life, and they're telling me all about their stuff, and they're not, you know, hitting me in the face with it, which is nice. Well,
5: and that thing has been going on it. since the beginning of the book, and it's one of my favorite parts of the book is getting to read the letters, you know, the interviews with magic- uh, Wiccans, uh, you know, and all of that stuff, and it's just there's actually there's a letter from a mother uh, who lets her children read Tarot Witch of the Black Rose in issue 31. That's just spectacular about just what tarot means to uh, especially the large female base that read tarot. Yep.
1: All right, Thomas, thank you so much for calling in, and you have a very good night. Matthew, uh, I'm looking at my pile of comics that came in today. Was there something on your list that you Mm -hmm. found particularly uh, exciting this week?
0: Let's see. I'm trying to remember what came in this week. I've got uh, Shade
1: Number 6. Looks really good. I got the Ooh, secret history of DB Cooper that I can't wait to read. Mm. Uh, apparently, uh, I got—I uh, must have signed up for Saga Chapter One, which is like sold out, and I think it's going for like twenty-seven bucks on eBay
4: right now. Ho ho! Uh, have to
1: get on Comic nice. Book Man. And apparently, I got a back-ordered issue of Powers Number Nine, uh, and Locking No Key. Powers can't Number I... Nine just came out. Oh, is that the new one? What was the one that you reviewed? Was that eight? Uh, about a month ago, I think it was eight. Okay, lock and key, uh, cannot wait to read. That's going to the top of my stack right now.
0: Yeah, because I know there was a powers this week because I almost put it in my staff pick. But then mm-hmm. I thought, hey, I can make a
1: better joke about Buckaroo Bonsai. Now I have the hiccups. I so. do got Buckaroo Bonsai <laughs> right here. Cover B, by the way. Hello, listener. Who is this? <sighs> Ooh.
3: Hey, this is uh, Blue Yonder from the website.
1: Hey, Blue Yonder,
0: well, how that's are how you, you?
3: pronounce
0: it? I was pronouncing sure. it Bluey-under.
3: As long as it's not, uh, I used to spell it blue with a B-L-E-U for a while when I was writing, so it's not like a cheese.
1: Got it. So what's a big uh, story that you are interested in this week?
3: Well, I was curious what uh, Rodrigo thought of the um, new Nova that's all over Marvel's um, re-evolution digital comics
4: branding.
1: I like how you say evolution. <laughs> re-evolution of yeah. marvel <laughs> yeah
4: i i've seen the costume i haven't uh i don't i don't know how much uh, how much stuff is out on the on the character i like the i like the black in the costume is that what i'm is that what you mean
3: yeah i like the darker look
4: yeah i, I think mm-hmm. it looks good the problem is there's a lot of yeah, guys I with similar like helmets completely. kicking around
3: yeah, I know it's supposed to be a completely new character. I guess this incarnation is supposed to appear in the um, ultimate Spider-Man cartoon that's going to air on Disney XD.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. That starts Corporate April 1st. Synergy.
3: April 1st.
4: Oh. It's kind of like what they did with Aqualad with a uh, young justice. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. That was really cool. You mean made a big deal about
4: it and then did nothing with him? Uh in the in the show they did plenty with him that's what I'm saying. Oh uh, I get it. And
3: I guess I I had read on a certain trophy website that uh Aqualad was designed on the show first and then DC picked up the character after they showed it, uh saw the designs on the show.
0: That More than sense. likely. Yeah. Good design.
1: Yep. Good design.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Alright, anything else?
3: No, that's, that's about it. I just wonder what you guys thought of that. I've been seeing the, you know, Nova design all over the place, and I'm a really big fan of Annihilation, so I'm a little bit mixed on, uh, what they're gonna do with this new Nova character showing up all over the place. I, I heard
0: will... a conspiracy theory about the new Nova. Which is? Uh, the original Nova was actually created by Marv Wolfman, and the character as Black Nova appeared under Wolfman's trademark previous to showing up in Marvel Comics. And the character of Rich Rider and the character of Nova, uh, Marv had at one point made an, an attempt to try and take back that uh, thing. And of course he failed because, hey, it's Marvel. But I had, I had heard a, a minor conspiracy theory that the change in secret identity and the change to his look was to make sure that he no longer resembled the version that may or may not have been Something that Marv Wolfman created. So make of that what you will. Yeah. You know what I think they're going to do with the Nova characters? Copyright claim to it? Sure they could. What are they going to do with the Nova characters?
1: I I think they're going to do the same thing that they've done with all the characters in the uh, uh, Avengers, Mighty Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. They're going to set things up and then never follow through with the the characters later on. It's Hmm. entirely possible. So it'll be a a good little gimmick to try to create an action figure. And then once it's served its useful purpose, time to put it back on the shelf. So, why is one all right blue yonder? Thank beer. you so much for uh, giving us a call.
3: Yeah, thank you guys. Keep up the good work.
1: Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Who is this? <laughs>
4: It's a Velociraptor ride.
0: <laughs> <laughs> No! They have door opening capacity now.
4: It says, uh, it says here that it's Hello.
1: AJ. AJ, what is going on?
6: How's, How's it going, guys? Good. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up was you guys were talking about the comic book men thing earlier. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. willing to dip back in.
1: Yeah, we can talk about anything you guys but want to talk about.
0: We're not afraid to go back to our old jokes. <laughs>
6: you know what episode uh, we forgot to do? Ah. Go ahead, please,
3: AJ.
6: (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) The the thing that has been driving me crazy about that show is, and I was talking about this in the chat, it sort of goes back to that old cliche that comic book guys in general, really the most important thing that they think about comics is that they're just uh, worth money. Like in the only show I've ever seen with comic book in the title it's all about comic books as this monetary thing. There's no real mention of the story or the art or anything like about the characters that we love. It's just, you know, how much is this comic book stuff worth? Well, but and, that's, you know, which, I mean, which super book, would you like? I don't know.
1: Yeah. The, the comic book really Good. is as like anything else is just another commodity at this point. You know, I, uh, I've, sure. I've been buying some rare coins lately and, um, hmm. You know, I'm I'm looking at the appreciation and I'm talking with the with the dealers and they're just like, you know next
0: week he wants this is just a commodity. Quarter.
1: Yes, exactly. And uh, prices are going to go up and down. And so you see shows like Comic Book Men or you see Pawn Stars or you see uh, uh, American Pickers or Storage Wars. And suddenly everybody thinks that they have a treasure in their closet. Mm -hmm. And so they think that they can command top dollar for these kinds of things. So it does bring in that expectation of, oh, look, I've got an X-Men number one sitting here from 1990. It's got to be worth a mint. It's the (laughs) X-Men and it's number one. (laughs) So therefore, I'm going to take it down and demand $500 for it. Uh, or, try to sell it on eBay right. or whatever but that's that's simply not the case now, certainly, in the case of what comic book men is doing and and one of the nicer aspects of it is. Uh, You know, they, they they they're doing that round table bit and you see somebody come into the store and they say, well, here, I've got this comic and I, I'm not really sure what it is or what it's worth. And they go, do you know what you have here? You have amazing fantasy number 15. And then they'll cut back to the people sitting at the, pod, uh, the podcast table and you see Kevin Smith going, oh, my God, this is like the first appearance of of Spider-Man. And then they kind of talk sure. a little bit about the importance of that in their comic geeky uh community. Tonight I just sat down and watched the the most recent episode, the one called Comic-Con where they went to a garage sale and again it's more than likely a lot of stage stuff. Sure. But they walked away with like $800 worth of comics that they paid I think 100 bucks for. Mm. And you mm. know the and so that cuts back to the podcast group and they're talking about what a terrific find and how great is this and this is like everybody's dream to find something like this. And you're right. It just serves to Create a bigger problem uh, for a lot of people to think that they've just got treasures in their closet.
6: Exactly, and, there, and, but
0: and I, there's another underlying issue that is problematic in the show, in that comic book fan is usually equivalent to superhero fan, and mm-hmm. you know, person who is is socially inept, essentially. And if you say, you know, when when Schleicher says to me, I sure do love movies, I wish I had my home theater, there's nothing that you can take from that. There's no assumption of what watching movies is. Steven could be a fan of Western. Steven could be a fan right. of Akira Kurosawa. But when you say comic book fan, people immediately think that, oh, well, you must be into this, this, and this. And everything related to comic books all kind of rolls together into one big amalgamation, which there a may or may Barbara not be going true. On
1: there, AJ?
6: Yeah, it's what it is. It's a fistfight.
0: No, sorry.
1: There's a,
6: someone moving furniture around.
1: <laughs> Tell them to knock it off.
6: <laughs> I remember college. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. A, I'm in one of my class buildings right now.
1: Oh, okay. All right.
3: Sorry.
0: Stephen and I, we don't know about that. We have no class.
1: So go on with what you were saying there, Matthew.
0: Anyway, as I was saying, being a fan of a comic book, basically, to many people in the pop culture, means being a fan of superheroes. And at that point, I think because it's so tied to superheroes and it's so tied to that social ineptness, the expectation is that to make this palatable to a quote-unquote grown-up sensibility, we have to talk about it as collectibles. You know, we don't tell people... You know, we're not going to say, "Hey, we really love this story." This is, you know, this is uh, Russ Manning art on this issue of Magnus Robot Fighter. Mm-hmm. They think, "Yeah, it's worth." You can tell somebody it's worth a hundred dollars, and at that point, you you've tied into something that even my mother's third husband understood about comic books. Well, but that's, that's, that's true. I don't know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's that's they, true they, about we, art too. I mean, it you get down could, to that level.
1: You that's just true about regular art. I mean, you could have a. Uh, um, I, I don't know, you could have a Jackson Pollock, you know, and you might go, mm. well, this is a Jackson Pollock, and this is why it's so important, and this is why mm. it's such an important part of, of history. And, and if someone who's not a, a, a art appreciation, uh, has no appreciation for art or understanding of art, they're going to go, mm, yeah, somebody just spilled their paint. And then you tell them it's worth $100,000, and they're like, oh, oh wow, oh, Mr. Oh, Moneybags, Jackson oh, Pollock. yeah." Jackson <laughs>
0: And unfortunately, you know the, know the money our, language. I do know that Jackson Pollock is the doctor from Stargate sg
1: <laughs> one so that's there
0: for you know, yeah. those of you who so, don't understand what Steven's talking about.
1: Yes, yes. But, I mean, that's going yeah, to be the I, problem with anything. I mean, you go into a, a sports memorabilia store, and you see a baseball that's signed by, I don't know, I, I don't even know any famous, Brett, Brett, um, uh, Brett Ro- what's his name? Brett uh, Favre. City. Yeah, Brett Favre uh, from uh, Kansas City Royals. Brett George, Brett, George Brett, George Brett. You know, it's signed by George Brett, right? And uh, you Dr. may not K. know what it's worth. <laughs> Steven, that was what?
0: the 80s. Don't talk so? about sports.
1: They'll know. <laughs> well, and um, I mean, but I'm just it, saying, you know, here's something really that has really some worth to it. it.
4: Dale Ripken, Jr. <laughs>
1: Call. Signed by Carl Malone. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just it. if you're not familiar with that, with that f- fan niche if you're not you know whether it be NASCAR or football or golf or uh, fashion design or shoes you know someone could say oh well these are what are those shoes right. Milano Bonics I or guess. whatever they are right and you're gonna go
4: big deal <laughs> well they're are five hundred dollars a pair and yes. it's like oh okay this conversation needs to continue just to see Stephen <laughs> come up with examples about things that he doesn't care yeah, exactly. about.
1: Well, that's the thing; I don't it's care about it, so it doesn't. It it's not interesting him. to me. But you know, if so, it's the same way with comic books are to other people, not interesting to sure. a, a comic book to Matthew uh, of uh, 19, sure, what is it uh, issue one seventy three of the Hulk or whatever it is, Matthew, the one that you were uh, looking for for so long, the first appearance of Wolverine 161 is the 161. one sixty one. One sixty one, and Matthew can go on. And just tell you all about it. I kill you. Uh, And and people aren't going to care about it. But the minute someone tells Matthew, the minute Matthew tells them, well, that's a $5,000 book, suddenly they're interested in it.
0: Right. But, well, they Uh, understand it. It's something that they can approach from an intellectual level. You can go, oh, well, I understand now why you want this. Right. Whereas if you say, I want it because a guy who wears yellow spandex first appeared in that, sometimes they can't wrap their head around it because, you know, superheroes have you know do have a little bit of a stigma to them even yet today Mm -hmm.
6: i guess it was just a point of disappointment that this is the first time there's a show with this sort of comic book thing in the marquee and it's on after a very popular show and this is a lot of people who might only know comics from walking dead or from comic book movies now there's a show uh that comes on and like oh maybe i'll get to learn more about comics and it's just sort of uh Long list of cliches. It's a bunch of guys talking about which, you know, what's worth the most money. And
1: yeah, I don't know. Uh, Unfortunately, when you look at the reality TV programming, um, well, exactly, they're broken down into those the found history genre. So that's your Storage Mm -hmm. Wars, your Pawn (laughs) Stars, your American Pickers, your Comic Book Man. Um, I forget which other channel is doing one that is like this, um, what is it called? The toy men or something like that, where this, it was a pilot episode that they showed, but this guy just drives around and he's looking for collectible toys mm-hmm. and it's the exact same thing. Right. Uh, and so it all falls into yeah, that genre. The and then you have, then you have those shows like Ice Road Truckers and Axemen and uh Swamp People and now they have something called Duck Hunters. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've got that group of reality <laughs> just, shows.
4: Just people playing the NES <laughs> <Yes>. and there's <laughs> a little dog that pops out every once in a while and laughed at by a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: and then there, you know, and then you've yeah. got that other genre of the <laughs> game show reality show, and that's where you have your big brother and your mm-hmm. whatever the survivor pe- survivor and, and all
4: those kinds of things. So unfortunately, your... Uh... Passive aggressive, done up people. Like your jersey should Oh, or yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so unfortunately, television falls into of vast wasteland of you know, five of six different types of shows that you can watch, and you can take your pick, because if you're from the South, then yeah, you're going to watch the real of of Atlanta. If you're from California, or you you a little you're interested in bit <laughs> yeah. in the, the real woman, women bit of Southern California, or of that it's or of that it's called. So it, it's no one I is don't
0: interested know. in the real well, women of some. Kind. Ice Road about... women of Orange County, <laughs> <laughs> American nose picker women of the ice road in the county of the Pawn Stars. Comic Nudity. book nose pickers,
6: the story of Matthew.
2: <laughs> Comic book nose pickers. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, if you're going to do reality TV show about comics, I mean, my girlfriend and I were just talking about this. Do you think something in the competition line would have gone better? Like we were talking about what if there's something called like the next big comic team and it was a writer and an artist pitching their story uh, to a panel of, I don't know, whatever big names that non-comic people might they, know about. Your Grant Morrison. were they doing that already? Jim Lee. Weren't they doing, I don't they think doing something so.
1: like that? I thought they that should. they did a pilot for that not too long ago. But there are those type of shows there. I mean, there's... Uh, yeah, have you Project guys seen this Green show? Light yeah, Project show. Greenlight stuff. Have you guys seen right. this That's show, um, Face Green Off?
3: Yeah. Have
1: you guys seen right. the show, yeah. Face Off? It's about special effects makeup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool.
6: Right. That's what my girlfriend and, brought up. She was like, what if that for comics? And that would be pretty cool. And at least that focuses on, like, comics from stories that people enjoy and mean something to them yeah. more than just a collectible a commodity. And I th- that would be neat, I think.
1: The biggest problem with that... The biggest, I mean, that's a great idea. But the biggest problem is now all of a sudden you're dealing with an yeah. IP yeah. that you're suddenly telling everyone about. So if you're going to pitch, you know, super amazing Mondo Man, right? Right. Somebody's going to have to buy that right out because before they broadcast that. I mean- Somebody's going to have mm. to get their copyrights and place... trademarks and everything already well, done.
4: But you sign, you would sign an agreement like a, basically right, that that right, you right, lose exactly. your work. Right, when exactly, you do it.
1: exactly. So what's the point of pitching it if you don't own that work anymore? It suddenly becomes the work of oh. that networker or whatever to develop people, and, and
4: People don't realize that until I mean, the very project. end. Look at uh, the old uh, well, people, something something web comics contest. Yeah.
1: Well, it goes back to uh, what oh, what then, Matthew see, was saying a minute there. ago is yeah. that. Um, it's a it's a money thing and a fame thing and people suddenly go oh I can be on reality television yes please sign me up
4: well maybe what they should do is you know when you go on American Idol you just do other people's songs so maybe they can just have people rehash the old stories from you know the from previous comics and right. so that's what comic does anyway right
1: right 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 there you go. Mm-hmm.
6: Well, isn't there something like for Project Greenlight when they pitched their script and whatnot? Did they? Was there some sort of protection in place? I never. I don't remember no, it honestly. They, no, they gave up the they rights the to right, their yeah.
0: to their idea in return for having it be produced. And they pretty much so have they, they to. So they basically I mean... they yeah they sold their their story. They sold whatever their pitch was to Ben Affleck's company, and then right, okay. the the yep. winner actually got to see his script produced. The rest of them, I think, got some sort of phramistan. I don't know.
1: Yeah, there was a cash, but race, cash like, It's like who
0: wants to be a superhero? Yeah, they
1: yeah. they all, they all
0: well, gave that. up their superhero identities <laughs> and sold yeah. them to Stan Lee. I mean, it mm-hmm. happens. That's why I was out. Yeah, because I wasn't yeah. going to give
4: up. My a identity good thing. Mama,
6: or whoever.
0: Yes. Fat, yes, Mama Big Mama. Awesome. Fat Mama was awesome. There you her.
4: go. I actually had I I He's knew come a to guy. Save the day. I knew a guy who was on Who Wants to Be a Superhero and. Really? Uh, the yeah the producers basically or you know Stan Lee kicked them out because he figured out every challenge beforehand. He had read enough comics mm-hmm. and just taken in enough yeah. media because you know they always had those like goofy little like oh you're not supposed to do the challenge. You're actually supposed to help this little old lady cross the street. Right right. And he would just sure. do it. Like, the challenge was starting, he would be like, no, guys, instead of doing this, we should just stay here and, like, do what's safe. Right. And then they'd be like, <laughs> oh, what well, that's man actually, would do. yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, like oh, well, man, that's what the challenge that. is supposed to be. No one's eliminated. Right. Moving on. Right. So they kick them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: There's a little old man crossing the street, and there's a radioactive truck coming towards him. You push him out of the way.
0: Yeah. God, no! You don't push him out of the way because then Daredevil will not get his powers. Oh, okay. Yeah. But here's something that will tell you about what Stanley believes in season one. And yes, I know this is oh, terrible. <laughs> they had a character who was eliminated for partly eliminated for not telling people that he didn't like his new costume. What? And the next hero eliminated yeah. was eliminated for telling people. That he didn't like his new costume. Oh, yeah. now the. So what that, you're basically sitting up here is there's
4: no way to win ever. Yeah. No, there oh, isn't. It's, sure. it's, all
1: these reality shows are completely I staged. Was, and I, people was, have to realize I was
4: really that. sad about who wants to right, be a superhero because when it started, it seemed like, like a, great a, a rare find of actually what is actually a positive right. reality show because it looked mm. like they were going to be like. Okay, here's how superheroes behave. Here are all these basically moral issues of, you know, helping the innocent and not being lauded right. for what right. you do, you know, right. having that secret identity and everything like that. And, but then it, you know, within by the end of the first show of the first season, it was clear that it just yeah. turned into a normal I gotta, reality. You know show.
1: what? I had to get my friend Carissa yeah. on the show. She works for Discovery Channel and she mm-hmm. works for a company that produces a lot of the ice road trucker ax type stuff. It'd be interesting to get her on the X show and road get her trucker. take on this. So, <laughs> all right, AJ, thank you so much for being on the show. And well, I thanks hope a lot, you guys. have a great what weekend. Whoops. We see- cut him off. Oh, Pneumatic, all right. Uh, 75, seven, two, seven, 1939, the major spoilers hotline. You can call it, even though if you're one of the future people, Hello, future people. You probably can't call in now. You're probably going to get the voicemail, but we'd love to hear from you. Or if you're listening live on the Ustream, uh, you can uh, ask your question there, or more importantly, we want to hear from you. That's the whole point of this show. whole point of doing it live is to have interaction yep. with uh, with our listeners. Let's go to the phone lines once again. And who is this?
3: It's Hello. Nathan Olson. Stephen. Hello.
4: Hey,
1: it's the, it's the great NATO. The show is dedicated to him.
4: Hey, it's your show. What do you want to do? The Thank show? You for that.
1: So what's going on today?
3: Not much, just hanging out. Um wanted to talk about the Atomic Robo.
1: Oh, let's talk about Atomic all Robo. Right. What do you want to talk about Atomic Robo? How, how awesome <laughs> it is. Uh or how super awesome or how super
3: all awesome how it is. How awesome. It is super awesome. Um, the, actually, um, the two things about it was, um, the last, the, the last, the last issue of, uh, the station X. Now I, I've started, I went on comic, comicology and started downloading the old, <laughs> the old volumes. Right. But I did read the, the uh, ghost of station X. Mm-hmm. Was it me or did he look like he had a broken heart at the end?
1: I don't know. I actually haven't read the final issue yet. I'm I've got literally a month's worth of comics stacked uh, up, there. That's, and so like two weeks spoiled.
2: ago,
1: yeah, no, I, that's fine. I mean, there's there's a um, yeah, uh, and I don't you know, not knowing how it ends, um, you know, he did have if you go back to volume, what is this one? Volume six is this? Th- no, volume five is the Ghost of Station X. Um, volume four, the one that was set in the 1930s with him and the uh, Mystery Man. Uh, where he kind of fell in love with uh, the mystery man's daughter, uh, Jack Spade's daughter, I think that was the guy's name, or the Spade, or whatever the guy's name was. Um, the shovel, you know, that kind of ended, kind of on a on a downer note too, because it was kind of clear that she was not a part of his life in the future at that point. So, oh
3: uh-huh. yeah, but yeah, I it's it was, in my stack. to read it, but it. This is a little different. Yeah, it, it's a little different uh, on the on the play on that. But I, I just looked at, it, I'm like, oh, Robo, yeah. Well, Um, Hang
0: on, hang on, I'm checking my... Must be. Yeah,
1: five of five.
0: Mine was actually
1: delayed a couple of weeks. Uh, That's the one thing that I... that smaller publishers... uh, I feel sorry for them because uh, the book actually hit the digital marketplace before it hit the print, and then because the print run was so small or because there was a distribution error, some people actually got it on the day that it was supposed to be released. Most of the rest of the people got it like one to two weeks after it was scheduled to be released. So that really screws up for people that are going to the comic book store once a month and go, oh, this is the week that Atomic Robo comes out because I saw it up there on the major spoilers. And then they go in and it's like, nope, we don't have it this week.
4: Major spoilers lied to you. Well, me. Ha, ha, ha. So what me. So what's the other thing about Atomic
0: Robo? <laughs> you are not major spoilers. You are the voice of major spoilers.
3: The Actually, it's funny because every week, it, believe it or not, every week I print that list out. I highlight everything that I'm supposed to get. Check it off and make sure I get it. So, yep. but that that's awesome. Um, but the, uh, the new, uh, the new volumes that are coming out, what is it, next week? Are you excited? Yeah, about the, those, uh, or?
1: Yeah, and if you've been following Scott it's Wegner's, real science um, adventure. yeah, if you've been following his, um, um, uh, what is it, his Tumblr feed? I don't know if it's his Tumblr or blog or whatever he's doing. He's been putting up a lot of, um, a lot of pictures and concept art of the things that he's doing. And, um, you know, the, uh, what is it? The, um, uh, you're, you're, yeah, you're talking about that, that, uh, anthology series. Uh, the one I'm thinking of is the one that comes next. The, um, what are the, the fighting tigers, the fighting she devils or whatever it is. Um, I'm really excited about both of those. Anytime there's a new atomic robo, I always get excited about it. I have to go. And yeah. Find I'm I actually
3: latched onto that one really good. Yeah. But, um, Yeah. And actually, I've been listening to some of your older podcasts and actually, I actually discovered one of the funniest moments you guys have had so far besides Odin and Iron Man.
1: Oh, God. (laughs) Odin balls. Yeah. I hope that was Kirkman got a poop. Kirkman
0: got a poop, but nobody, nobody mocks Steven
3: (laughs) because it was so brilliant. That was the funny. That was out of left field and just like he, Oh my gosh. I was, it was the funniest thing, but no. But um, but actually, uh, what is the podcast? Uh, I think 78, it's when, I guess, you're the Bugs Bunny, Matthew's Bugs Bunny glass fell on his toe or his foot. Yes. Yes.
0: Where you hear the loud clang.
3: <laughs> yes. I just about died driving my car this afternoon.
0: Well, I'm glad that but, uh, my pain was funny to you. <laughs> I right, love that. Well, we do. Because you, I, I'm, like, in mid-sentence, and then you hear this loud clang, and then I don't remember if I curse or not, but it's just, it's like a Three Stooges moment. I love that episode. Do you episode. remember that,
1: Rodrigo? Absolutely
0: Why? No do
4: I.
1: <laughs> Somebody could call in and say, oh, yes, I remember, remember on episode number 53, tr- where you guys said this, and I'd be like, okay. Probably. <laughs> that
3: Sounds, sounds like, like it. That sounds like something <laughs> I would do.
0: <laughs> well, usually people will say, hey, you made a great reference to X, and I'll be like, really? What did I say? <laughs> but this one i remember because i hurt myself and when i played it back i remember laughing at the fact well at the time first of all i still had a broken toenail but i remember laughing at how awesomely it came o- uh, over i don't know if it was like the open of the show i think it was it in the open or was it in the the cold open where you hear me kind of do that but it's hysterical
3: it's I'm gonna cold, go back it was to the cold open start. yeah
0: did i curse because i like it when i curse
3: no, it's no cursing. Funny, but, curse. but you did ask for some water. Son of from a your wife.
0: Well, she's an Aquarius. That's the water bringer.
3: Yeah, I have a Scorpio, though. Mmm. I want to watch your back.
0: Uh, ah, there it is. And, Atomic and, and Robo and, don't, and the Ghost Station X, five.
1: Yeah, don't cross a river with yeah. her on your back.
0: And don't cross for the is, stream. For it is her
1: nature. <laughs> it's her nature.
3: All right, Nate, anything else? <laughs> uh... Nope, that's about it, guys. And Wait, keep let me find to look the last page
0: so I can see if he looks heartbroken.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. All right, Nate. Well, thank yeah. you so much for calling. Thank yeah, you for being a, a big up. supporter of the show and everything that you do.
3: Yes, thank you to you guys.
1: Have Bye. a good weekend. We're going to need to get
0: All Nate right. his, own little, his own little corner oh. of the podcast.
1: Uh, okay, what else is going on this this week in the uh, intard webs? Oh, there was a new uh, Avengers trailer that came out, released in Japan. Ooh. Shows a little bit more uh, alien action, or whatever they are. We know that they're from another dimension. You, you know what I mean? dimensional hole rips open and the spaceships are flying out. And I could have swore at the end, you know, with well, that, that big... could just be warp technology. That could be. And you know, at the end, another. where the, the big serpent... Yeah, Spaceship is coming. Uh, In the Japanese version, it sounds like a dragon's voice, Uh, you know, like a roar, like a kind of Godzilla thing. Thing. Like almost like a Godzilla thing, but I didn't want to say Godzilla because, you know, that would be copyright infringement. Yes. Uh, But, you know, so it could be apparently, I guess, in an upcoming Avengers or Thor story, there's something called the serpent, Mm -hmm. which is uh, something that must be combated or it still could be, uh, just like we saw Galactus. From uh, Fantastic Four, this could be the movie version of Fin Fang Foom. Could be. Matthew's I mean, busy looking at Atomic Robo.
4: I mean, the basically could. the the movie version of the Mandarin was a bunch of guys. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the and the one guy who was slowly right. accumulating rings on his finger. Did you guys read the uh, Manhattan Project this uh, past week?
4: Mm-mm.
1: You didn't, Matthew. Did you read Manhattan Manhattan Projects?
3: Um, was that some, from what was image? The on from the,
1: image? Com- yeah, that's what
3: the. I don't know if I is.
0: read it. Um,
1: that's pretty good. No,
0: I didn't. I didn't read it, but I did the images for whoever reviewed it. That's oh, why yeah, Zach. I, I mm-hmm. thought I had read it. I haven't picked up this all of this week's comics yet. So math, I will read it.
1: Good, read it. I work at a comic shop. I. You've got yeah. All right, seven eight five two seven nineteen thirty-nine, or you can look for Stephen underscore Schleicher on Skype. We would love to hear from you because that is what this show is all about.
4: Somebody's asking if they can call in about critical hit.
1: Sure, I guess. If Rodrigo's up no, for it, I mean we don't have Rob O'Brien
4: here. We will not discuss critical hit ever.
1: <laughs> it is the suddenly third throw. Finally. So are we waiting for them to Thursday. call in or Well
0: Thursday. somebody said
4: that they wanted to.
0: Zoliathan, I believe.
4: So sure, can just talk call about in. critical hit, and we
0: we don't talk about critical hit. I'm not gonna listen.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, here we go. Let's see if this is the person.
0: Sing the critical hit theme song. Hello, listener. Uh,
3: oh, hey, Steve.
1: Huh. Who is oh. this?
3: Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Deliphan on the uh, chat. I just asked about. Oh, her oh. Her. okay. So,
1: so what is what is your critical no, hit question? Uh,
3: well, I just want to thank you guys really quick, because I really do enjoy listening to the Critical Hit Podcast. I, d- I managed to donate recently, finally, because I've been listening well, to you, thank guys you for like six or eight months. Thank and you. a little 25 bump, and then a five bump recurring.
1: Thank you, thank you.
3: So, what? Thank, oh, you, thank you, thank you,
0: thank no. you. And also, thank you.
3: Hmm. Thank you, too. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm taking my question here. Uh, I, I, I'm the one who tweeted you about the playing as a monster race or whatever back on Twitter or whatever. Um, I'm really down on the phone. Take
0: it. Don't think of us as super famous people that that you're afraid to talk to.
3: Well, I, I think of know. us if as just players, a bunch we're just of. Certainly players.
4: not. I,
1: yeah, yeah, we're certainly not that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> don't don't think yeah. of us as muffins full of eyeballs either, because we're not that either.
1: <laughs> but uh, one of us may be a half-headed candle man, and another one may be a flappy face dude.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I, I
3: love those creatures when I first heard of them. Rodrigo has a pretty good imagination when it came to reskinning things. Ah, okay. okay, I, I think <laughs> I got it here. Um, what is what's your opinion on playing as monster races in Dungeons and Dragons? Like, I, I asked Stephen about this, and he dinged me, and it was a little funny, but I was hoping for a little more of an answer. For an I actual forgot.
1: answer. I forgot what I said. I probably... Did you email me? Is that what it was? Or no, was it a Twitter I think it was a Oh, okay. Was you it, it a, a, probably like, one of those? I... Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, it's kind of a it's it's kind of a complex answer. So, if I want to play a kobold or an yeah. orc uh, or a in in Dungeons and Dragons Fourth Edition, I'm... there are lots of monster playable races. You can be a gnoll, you can be a kobold, you can be a goblin, you can be an orc, uh, so on and so forth. And those are already yeah, started out. Some of them, um, some of them are, I would say, underpowered because they were just kind of scribbled down at the end of the monster manual, and they have since not really gone back to update them. But for example, like Minotaurs got a, a, a
1: playable race, right? Yeah,
4: yeah. Minotaurs were in the back playable. of the monster manual, and when they got then they got reprinted in the player's handbook three, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I certainly don't have a problem with it in Fourth Edition. I think that pretty much any kind of weird monster that you want to play, there's something, there's some class race combination that can get you pretty close, as long as you're not violating some of the the main things that Fourth Edition tries to do. For example, basically nothing in Fourth Edition on the, on the player side is large. So if you want to play a troll, you're going to have to play a really tiny troll. Um. But other than that, you know, the, there's, there's really no no issue. I, again, you know, if you look at what do trolls do, they are really mean and they claw you up and they heal a lot. So you can make some combination of class and race that does that um, and play something that, you know, and, and then basically just be real mean and smelly in your role-playing and you've got yourself a troll, p- uh, troll PC. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Oh, it's Steven. <laughs> the, idea of the reskinning thought ideas you've done on some of the races, like you mm-hmm. use a water soldier Nazi as a mermit, um, a merfolk, a and you work mm-hmm. the shard mines and the warforged together into the cogs, which I infinitely must thank Brian for bringing that contribution to the plotline and how well that's folded out. Mm-hmm. Mildly bummed out they don't show up in the Certain fourth
4: season, so maybe we'll. See uh, uh, don't, uh, don't spoil it for people.
1: Yeah, fourth season hasn't started yet. We don't know I, what's going to happen. I, but, I, seriously, I, I, we don't even know what's well, going
4: to happen.
3: Yes, I mean, I, 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 I have to admit I probably listen to each episode at least half a dozen times. Some of them more. So, I probably <laughs> I, it might be too much, but I enjoy them a lot.
1: Well, good. Um, We're glad. I was just uh, looking over at uh, iTunes earlier today, Mm -hmm. and we have in the top 10 other games podcasts, just episodes, Mm -hmm. we had like, and that was today, so it's going to change tomorrow, but we had six episodes out of of, of the 10. Nice. And then when you look at the top like 120 podcasts, it's like uh, about half of them are our episodes and the other half are the Wizards of the Coast mm-hmm. uh, podcast, with some others smattered in there, too. Mm, so right. it's kind of really interesting to just open that up in iTunes and just see.
4: Uh, a sea of little yeah, red. little red dye. Yeah. Red dyes on a uh, blue background. Yeah,
1: it's it's pretty crazy.
4: And that's all because of uh, people like you who call
1: in and and listen to the show and comment on the show and send us uh, questions all the time. It's you guys that are keeping the show alive. Oh, if if we had zero listeners, we'd probably still play, but there would be little incentive for me to sit down every Friday night and edit a one-hour show and take three hours to edit it, so mm-hmm. it's because you guys enjoy it so much.
0: I have a question I from the chat room for Rodrigo too.
1: All right. Well, yeah, let's. Uh, think, is there anything uh, else?
3: Uh, actually, I think that's. Uh, I mean, I would talk about the the Monster Age character I play, but I don't want to drag on this too much unless you don't mind. But
1: well, we'll get we'll get some other people. I mean, you can certainly. Uh, call in or write in, and, and we can uh, look about doing that on the uh, Critical Hit podcast. All
3: right. So all right I'll, well, I'll call it that. We can do a all, lot all right. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> all right, Matthew, you said somebody in the uh, chat had a question.
3: Yeah,
0: apparently someone had a question, uh, and I had wondered this as well. Rodrigo, were you aware that a character very similar to your Candleheads appeared in the New 52 Wonder Woman?
4: No, I I hadn't seen that. Like, it was actually similar. kind of
0: uh, a thing. Well, it was a guy whose head was on fire. Oh,
4: and like it, did it they not like, have the top something. of their head like the candle heads? Like you, the top. Did you know half? if you bought
1: one of those Charlie Brown candles from the seventies and you burned it down, you'd still have a candle head monster just like in?
3: Yeah. No. I think yeah, <laughs> Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! Good oh. grief.
1: All right, we uh, got time for had probably one Charlie or two Brown more candles. phone calls. So, Yeah, I know, so did she we, and that's why I said, my. Uh, I think our mm-hmm. power went out for like a week or something, and we had to burn all the candles, so that's why I know vividly what a half-burnt head Charlie Brown looks like. Uh, we got just a few more minutes, if anybody else wants to call in. Uh, we don't want to make the weekend show too long, but uh, why not? there's two more people calling in. It. Well, because. Oh, okay. Antonio, how are you doing? Antonio. Yeah,
7: good night, lads, how you going?
1: Good. So, what is uh, what's going on this week for you, and what uh, what stories interest you the most?
7: Uh, I liked to the party, but I just enjoyed uh, the Black Mirror for the first time. Um, that sort of Frank Villa handled or uh, well, drawn side story with the uh, Gordon's son was awesome.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, his art is yeah. wonderful. His art is very good. Cool, yeah, is very good. I could look at it all day.
7: Very evocative and and sets that cool Gotham vibe, which I haven't seen for about five or six years. Mm
1: -hmm. So the Gotham itself has
7: kind of died.
1: Yeah, if you have followed uh, his art blog, uh, he has this, I think it's called Something Sunday, Serial Sunday or something. He's been working on this character for many, many years now called the Black Beetle. And it's a very uh, pulpy Mm -hmm. noir uh, kind of superhero kind of character. And finally, I think it's in issue 10 of Dark Horse Presents. Uh, he actually is going to get that uh, get those stories uh, told through Dark Horse Presents in, uh, I think, this month or next month. So be sure to check it out if you like uh, Francovia art.
7: Yeah, awesome. I'll check that out. The other reason I was yeah. calling, I just got back from a cinema conference, and uh, I just saw 10 minutes of uh, the new Spider-Man film.
1: Oh, yeah. And, How was that? Uh, i got to
7: say much more interested in it than, than I was going in. Uh, the new director, Mark Webb, seems to be bringing his history with sort of drama and romance into the sort of superhero genre and it's working.
3: Good. Cool. good
2: yeah, good, We've good. got
7: a, a snarky, kind of very, uh, very nervous Peter Parker.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
7: uh, it shows when he dons the webs for the first time, we saw a scene where he took down a crook and, uh, yeah, he's just, uh, completely, annoying with his sense of humor it feels like i was i was reading pre-bender spider-man again
1: <laughs> well considering that's where it's where the basis comes from then you're probably not too far off plus you know high school kids these days
0: yeah bunch of yeah. punks well high, high punks. school kids are pretty much universally awful
1: yeah well anyway, cool where did you see lot, this guys. where did you see this at where did you see this uh, clip at? oh
7: it was a distributed presentation from sony my film oh, okay. company
1: gets the distributors this
7: year to give us a um uh, a rundown. Funnily enough, yeah, yeah. Uh, Disney didn't bring the party with the with the Avengers, but uh, yeah, Sony really delivered with with ten
1: solid minutes of Spider Man, which was much appreciated. Excellent, excellent, excellent! Can't wait to see that. All right, man. Well, thank you uh, for calling right. in, and you have a great weekend.
7: You too. Hooray, guys!
1: All right, bye. All right, so good to hear. Was that some? Was that
0: like? Was that like saying "Baba Booey"? I'm not sure what that was. Well,
1: I, was I that think like that was a kind of kind of weird. Hello, listener.
3: Hey, this is Kobe from Washington.
1: Hey, Kobe from Howdy. Washington. How are you?
3: I'm all right. I have a question about okay. the Marvel Universe, pretty much in general. Okay. I'm not really a Marvel fan, I guess, but okay. I've always wondered this. Uh, lots of people or lots of heroes in the Marvel Universe have powers and like some of them get their powers from from something but a lot of them are mutants you know but everyone seems to hate mutants over uh, but not hate other people with powers what makes people how do people know when they see you know uh, Gambit when they see him running around how do they know that he's a mutant and you know other people aren't and why do they hate the mutants more see those mutants that are different from green. us but that's that a great a, question in the marvel yeah, it universe, is it is
0: benjamin Grimm, who is a, a, a living concrete monster is a beloved yeah. hero and gene gray who's a, a super tight red-haired hottie is evil and i think that first of all anyone who is a are. member mm-hmm. of the x-men Self-identifies as a mutant. I think that the X-Men and their related people are identified as mutant terrorist groups, for lack of a better word. Right. But it, 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 it really, it, it kind of feels like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say it's, it's the equivalent of Batman's super awesomeness in some ways. It's the complicity of the writer in mutant, you know, the mutant angst, the mutant uh, hate, if you will, the, uh, kill, 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 smash, destroy the mutants basically right. kind of shows up where it needs to and goes away where it doesn't. Because if you were to ask me, you know, who's the bigger monster, uh Bruce Banner or Monet St. Croix, I would say the one that I don't want to make out with.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So,
1: so Monet St. So Croix, obviously. <laughs> oh, Yo, you don't want to make out with her. Okay.
4: <laughs> no, that was a joke. Now, uh, here's here's how I uh here's 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 how I've always seen it. Um when written well, within the body of that work, there will be an explanation. For example, Spider-Man, uh, classically, has is not a mutant. He was bitten by a radioactive-style spider. Right, science. Um, and got his powers that science. way. And he is still largely seen as a menace. Right, he kind of falls on the mm-hmm. on that side of the radar for people because
3: mm-hmm. snarky, snarky, snarky High School Kid, you know.
4: Yeah. yeah, pretty much, uh, and because he has a, a nemesis in the media, so I guess if you become a superhero nowadays, don't get on Glenn Beck's bad side. I guess. <laughs> or you know, Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Um, Have you seen that Emma Frost? Yeah, she's a Liberal slut? media uh.
0: is at it again.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so that's one thing. The other, Just the other thing, <laughs> the other thing that uh, that Matthew kind of touched on was that self-identification when you see somebody who wears um, the insignia of a a group that some consider to be terrorists or the insignia of a group that some people find offensive, um, you will immediately have a response to that. So when, you know, the the X-Men, a lot of the time, depending on who's writing it and what era you're looking at, are seen as mutant terrorists, so when you see a... Uh, a giant um, uh, stealth bomber-style ship materialized out of nowhere and a bunch of guys in blue and yellow spandex covered in Xs yeah. drop down on top of you, you're probably not going to go,
2: Hi, Cyclops!
4: Right. You're going to freak right. out and run away. Right.
2: I, You know, that's.
1: I think that's only one of the reasons why I'm kind of... Uh, tangentially interested in uh, the Frontlines series mm-hmm. because it takes a look at an event from the average person on the street, right. the reporter's mm. perspective, or the same way with uh, no, Marvels. With Marvels, right. how you get to it's see it through the lens of the photographer, and so then we see, get to see mm-hmm. a larger portion of that Marvel universe that we don't get to see I'm, when we're just reading the adventures of the superheroes
4: and actually if you want to look at that marvels is actually a fantastic series to look at because it includes that Mm -hmm. it talks about you know uh, and and it shows you both sides you know people hating the mutants for no reason people being in awe of superheroes you know it it documents the battle between namor and the human torch Mm -hmm. and it's like to you know you are there with the photographer and it is like watching gods fight it out in the sky right and it, it really gives you that sense of what normal people yeah. must see and in that, the Marvel Universe.
1: And that's why on the DC side, uh, they had that series called, was it called Gotham Knights, I think is what it was called. Do you remember that one, Matthew, where it was like one of the arcs took place at like a, <laughs> well, a I was, park? Well,
0: I was going to say DC, the uh, DC Universe Generations.
1: Yeah, that one yeah, too, yeah. I, I I've but, read I mean, more than the,
0: Batman in the DC Universe, so I have a different perspective than you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they have had series, DC has had those series too, where you're taking a look at um, the view from the normal person and you get a a sense of what's going on in that space too. So it's out there, but you're right. If it doesn't, you know, I don't think that in every panel in the background, you need a guy standing on the street corner saying down with muties or anything like that. Right. Um, So I guess it just rears its head when it's needed, as Matthew said, when it's the writer's whim. And
0: that's... That's kind of the problem with it. In the real world, you know, we don't think about the fact that, well, I do. We don't necessarily think about the fact that hate groups exist unless you can't get to your bank without seeing one, not mentioning any names. But when you when you look at the way that it's used, when it's used skillfully, when it's used like Peter David using it in uh, whatever that book that he writes is, is one thing. But when it's used as kind of like that scapegoat. Of, you know, I don't know, say, Rogue walking down the street and people suddenly starting to throw rocks at her. You know, there's no real reason for people to hate Rogue just because she's Rogue. You don't have a visual cue. And I think that, again, to take it as and what the what they've really done with it for the last 20 years is they've used it as a euphemism for whatever group is being, you know, discriminated against. And I think that in that way, if they use it well, it makes for, you know, great strengthening of the story used poorly, as it kind of often is. It really comes across as, you know, Christy McNichol in the after school special of the week talking about we should all get along, y'all.
4: Well, and also part of the problem is the X-Men, you know, a writer comes to the X-Men and he says, you know what, I really want to explore this whole, you know, that core concept of the X-Men of, you know people who protect the world who hates and fears them. And that's fine. So they they do all this setup and people throw rocks at them. And they're like, do not throw rocks at us. And then people start turning it around. They're like, oh, maybe you shouldn't throw rocks at the X-Men because they're kind of cool, you know? And then the next writer comes Mm -hmm. in and he's like, hey, you know what we haven't seen in a while? The Shi'ar Empire. And for the Mm -hmm. next two years, the X-Men are kicking around (laughs) in space. And you basically forget everything that has happened before because the X-Men turn into space heroes. This is a pretty this that's a pretty yeah, common like a, uh like rarefaction for the X-Men is like you go from World That Fears and Hates Them to Space, then back to World That Fears and Hates Them, and somewhere along the way, uh, Charles Xavier gains and or loses the ability to walk. Yep. All right, anything <laughs> else? <laughs>
3: um Yeah. Quick question for Matthew. Who's your favorite yes. monkey? Uh
0: my favorite monkey is Mike. Always Mike.
3: Davey Davey
0: was wonderful, but Mike, Mike for me, is the heart of the group.
1: There you go. All right, thank you so much. Uh, Somebody else was trying to call in. Now would be a good time to do it, as we just have a few more moments left, and then we will wrap it up for this issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Just a reminder, next week on the show, on Tuesday, Tuesday show, episode 394, holy cow, we are quickly approaching 400 episodes, Mage the Hero Discovered, so if you want to go out and buy that uh, book, um, go buy it and read it before Tuesday and you can call in with your thoughts and comments and maybe even get them heard on the show. Yes. Matthew, what, uh, what, uh, has excited you? Oh, here comes Dan Hunter. Hello, Dan Hunter.
3: Hello, Steven.
1: How are you? <laughs> I
3: Wait. am very well. Is
1: it early or late? I always forget with you
3: it's uh coming up to half past four on friday the 16th so i'm calling
1: hello future future person
0: (laughs) it's the industrial revolution here what is it the bronze age there
3: um something like that yeah interesting now dan it is
0: always good to hear from you so what's going
1: on this week um i've got
3: tickets to san diego hey congratulations Uh, Absolutely fantastic. So that's why I'm calling. I need some tips uh, to survive San Diego Comic-Con. Eye shields. Deodorant. Uh, Okay.
0: Yes. Comfortable Uh, shoes.
1: Seriously, people people laugh when I say comfortable shoes, but really, you're going to be on your feet for the convention opens at like 10 in the morning and you're going to be on your feet until 10 at night. There's very little places to actually sit down unless you go into panels. And even then, Uh that's maybe at an hour at a time. Mm. Uh, But a lot of time, it's going to be standing, 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 walking, walking, Uh walking. People in very close proximity. I think there are, what, 120,000 people going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. So you're going to be in in very tight space. Um, You know, a, a light backpack would be a good idea to take with you. And in that, I would put... Uh, a sure. liter of water. Mm-hmm. Carry a liter of water with you because okay. you're going to need to drink throughout the day.
4: Way, way to go, international, Stephen. I like that.
1: Oh, is it not called a liter of no, water? No, no, no okay. it is. Uh, no, really, a Give liter a of water liter because of convention, convention you know, we food have and convention drinks. Okay. I think the two-liter bottles. Um, you know, it's so expensive. The food is so expensive at the convention. I mean, twenty bucks for two hot dogs and two sodas. Mm. That's that's outrageous. Good. So. Uh, slip some of that in there but comfortable shoes I have a favorite pair of shoes that I wear called Merrell's I don't know if they're available where you are at uh, but they are the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn and I have walked I one day at uh consumer Electronics show back in 2000 2002 uh, my friend Charlie White and I walked about f- four miles that day just around the show floor mm-hmm. feet didn't feel tired just because of those shoes so, good pair of shoes will go a long way. Mm. The last
0: convention I went
1: to, um, oh,
0: I think we I brought or... the, somebody to carry my stuff.
4: Yeah,
1: that's important. That's cool. Well, if you can certainly go with yeah. somebody, that's great. We'll see a, if he can a, a call mule back and a again. sherpa. There you are, Dan.
0: I w- I will Did say you... this, and I say this halfway in jest. The only way I got a seat at the last convention I went to was by having the midget with me and by uh, people seeing us trying to check her blood sugar standing up three people actually got up and gave us a place to sit and check her blood sugar so she could have her lunch so bring your kid as long yeah. as she's old enough to you know really really pout and look sad so that she can get you a
4: place to sit and young enough that people won't just be like oh that's a teenager that's a schmucky teenager yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um schmucky teen we don't like the plan
1: on team. she was plan sick, so. on bringing more money than you think you need.
4: Yes.
0: Yeah. Double because your estimate. Shows like, and that will probably yeah. be just not quite enough.
1: Yeah. And you, if you don't have a, uh, if you don't have the rundown of the show, um, did you get a four day ticket, a four day pass? So you, do you get into preview night? Oh, Dan's off again. Um, if you can get into preview night, oh, that's really great. Future. Cause that's a good time to more. do. Dan, did you get into preview night? Hello, Dan. The time stream, the time stream. <laughs> um, if you can get into preview night and now granted night. in the time when I went back in what, 2004 or 2005 or something like that. Um, and maybe Dan will just have to listen in the live stream or, or later, but, um, when we went in either 2004, 2006, we went to preview night and preview night only had probably about I want to say 10 to 15,000 people that were running around, but it was so much easier to buy a lot of the merchandise that night and go to the special events that night than to try to stand in line for 2 or 3 hours uh to get a you know, a collectible figure or something during the show. So that's that's something to consider as well and certainly plan ahead because um if you want to go do a panel at San Diego Comic-Con if you want to go see one. Plan on being there probably 30 minutes ahead of time to get in line. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing anything in Hall H, you're probably going to need to be lined up several hours before. Yeesh. And that's a problem with Hall H because that one, I think it seats like 5,000 people in that hall. And yeah. people will line up for three or four hours ahead.
0: With 5,000 people. My hometown doesn't so. have 5,000 people in it.
4: Yeah. I, just, I think it's got to be really, really difficult Uh-oh. to get anything English done.
1: <laughs> it, I mean, it's frustrating. I mean, uh, when we went to Hall H, the only thing we were interested in seeing that year was the trailer for Superman Returns, mm-hmm. right? The uh, presentation started at 10. The doors opened at 9. We got there off the bus at 8, and by the time we got into Hall H, we... St- I mean, there were already about a thousand people in front of us. So that's, you know, two hours of that morning that was eaten up. Yeah. If you wanted to go see a Kevin Smith or go see an afternoon presentation, heaven forbid you want to go see like a Twilight where people are lining up three days ahead of time, you don't get to go do anything else at the show. So kind of plan, Dan, I would say plan ahead yeah, and try definitely. to figure out exactly what are the things you absolutely have to go see and do and the things that you want to see and do and then prioritize because you're not going to be able to do everything, unfortunately.
6: Yeah. I will do. I need, I need to get a fuck continuity t shirt. Oh, sorry.
1: I'm all <laughs> um, well, we have those over at the Major uh, Spoiler Store. I,
0: www.majorspoilers.com I, I is where that is. Just,
7: right there. just to identify myself to the other spoilers. Right, I'm going to do a Rodrigo and rock out as Clark Kent as
3: well in cosplay. So I'll
1: <laughs> <a link laughs> That'd be it. awesome. Yeah, awesome. Nice.
3: Excellent. Thank you for the advice, guys. You have a very good day. I'm going to go. You as well. All
1: right, and you have a fantastic okay. time in San Diego when you get there. Bye, Bye Dan. Oh, See,
0: it's, so nice it's good to hear Dan on Dan Dan the live sound shows. Sounds a little like Professor Snape there for a second.
4: It's kind the of who Harry Potter. Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> Our um, new
6: celebrity.
4: I, uh, you know, going to going to Comic Con just seems like everything would be so slow. I mean, it's got to take forever to render all those people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, and I I don't want to do anything with five thousand people. I don't like going to the movies in Topeka and having three hundred schmucks in the room with me. Well, I just I don't I don't like and, and, people that
1: much. Plus, and and this is not to me be a mean dig or anything, Matthew. But you're a big guy, and what seriously, at, at at times when we went, now your advantage is you're tall, right? But, um, you get so packed in there that it is so uncomfortable, uh, to go through some of the main aisles. I mean, the, the worst thing was my, is my wife. She's very short four eleven, and there was a time when we were walking and I thought she was right behind me and we crossed over a long swath of, of humanity Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get to the other side of a, of an aisle. And I thought she was right behind me and I turned around and I couldn't see her. And, uh, I looked around for five minutes and she was like uh not a quarter of a mile but it seemed like a quarter of a mile right. she got caught up in the in the traffic that just kind of pushed pushed her along so it's I
4: think it would be funny if that story ended with all of a sudden there being all these like this sea of guys dressed up like Wookies, and all of a sudden this <laughs> this flare from a flare gun just shoots out from inside them. <laughs> I'll get you baby!
0: <laughs> don't! No, I will
2: find you!
1: You know, there are some other Comic-Cons. I had, I had mentioned the Planet Comic-Con. If anybody's in the Kansas City area, March 24th and 25th, I don't know if I'm going to go yet or not. I, I had planned to, but considering that this is going to be another huge Star Wars event... I can just imagine the mob. The year that we went and saw Chewbacca was pretty crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh last year Helen Slater Supergirl was there and it was kind of intense then. Um, but Slater. I think with I think when you got Billy I believe D. the Bionic Woman, there, Woman
0: was there last year too.
1: Yeah, she was there too. Uh but if you got Billy D. Williams there, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a nut house. So I don't know if I'm gonna go. And usually if I go it's only a day. But I mean that's that's a whole day that I have to spend away from the kids. And they're too young to be going to the to that. We took uh Took uh, the boy one year. And again, I turn around for five minutes to talk to, I don't know, Gail Simone or somebody. And then I totally lost where Uh-oh. my wife and the boy went. And so I'm talking later on to the Moys, and all of a sudden they come wandering up, and you could tell Chada's just like worn out. She's yeah. carrying all these toys in her arm that Mason insisted on on, on buying. buying, or else he was going to throw a fit. And she just was like, "Help me!" So <laughs> he's got a couple more years before he's ready for for that. Uh, WonderCon, of course, going on this weekend. A lot of people excited about that. Uh, Emerald CityCon that that is a convention that I think I'd like to go to up in Seattle. Um, I don't know. Somebody in the chat room was talking about C two E two in Chicago. That one's getting uh, pretty pretty large. Um, I, I still, when I lived See, in Atlanta, it
0: was one of my favorite uh, Star Wars characters, actually.
1: There you go. When I was in Atlanta, I always wanted to go to Dragon Con, uh, but didn't then. And again, now it's grown so large that it's uh, probably a bunch of, of crazy going on. Um, but there's a lot of smaller conventions that I would really like to go to and, and check out. And I I think really my next one would probably be Emerald City, if if we can figure out a way to go. And then, of course, there's the Denver Comic Con, which is just up the road, so... Hello, listener. How are you?
3: Oh, hi. I'm good.
1: And who is this?
3: <laughs> uh, my name is Scott.
0: Hello, Scott. Yeah, that sounds like it sounds like an alias to me. Yeah.
3: What is your you know real this
0: name? This is a love but... line, right?
3: Not...
0: You don't need to I use a fake it. name
3: here. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I have a job where I don't want my student. Oh, pardon me. My client. Damn it. I don't want my client. Hello,
1: Doctor Will. How are you?
3: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I had a question. I'm sorry. Were you guys just talking about comic conventions?
1: Yes. You were indeed. But we can talk about anything you want.
3: Oh, well, my question was, right now I'm waiting. I'm at WonderCon, you which know, we'll starts tomorrow. And I was yes. wondering, for those of you that have been to comic conventions, do you more, normally spend more time on the floor or in panels?
1: Uh, it depends. Um, it depends on the type of show that it is. Now, certainly shows like WonderCon... Are, uh, are are very much like the San Diego Comic-Con where you have a dealer floor and then you have the the panels going on in a lot of different rooms. Planet Comic-Con is more of a dealer floor with meeting, meeting the guests and really to an extent Wizard World is kind of that way as well with a few panels going on. Um, so it kind of depends on the con that you're at. But with WonderCon, uh, kind of like what I was telling Dan, I think you probably ought to figure out what panels you absolutely want to go to and then enjoy yourself the rest of the time because there's going to be so much stuff going on. And that may go back to what Matthew was talking about early on about some of these conventions needing a focus because you're going to be there and you can, you're going to be able to see cosplay. You're going to be able to see video games. You're going to be able to see comic books and movies and all of that stuff going on there. And so it's really going to be determined uh, about what's most important to you. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. I go to SDCC. Uh, FCCC, Every year, pretty much, and there's always that pull between, oh, I want to see this really great panel, but at the same time, I love being out on the floor and seeing everything. So it's always a toss-up every year. Yeah,
1: I, you
0: know, if I've I've heard some people say that you you can devote a day to one and a day to the other, but for me, that seems too much like work. (laughs) Usually, I'll go to a. What I'll do is I'll find a panel. That I want to go to, and I'll wander around until I'm tired, and then I'll go to that panel to rest up, and then I'll go wander around again. But it, it should be noted that I have size 14 feet and, you know, really, really, really am a terrible fat person. But, Stephen was saying something.
1: No, I was just going to say, I mean, it really kind of depends on you. I mean, um, keep in mind that if you're looking for comic books, the dealers are going to be slashing their prices on the last day of the show because they don't want to have to haul all that crap back. Um, if you're there for exclusive uh, toys or items, you better get them the first day of the show. And so it kind yeah. of, you know, falls out from there. Just kind of depends. I mean, sitting around for an hour and just people watching is also fun. Yes. So what are you most looking forward to at Wizard World? Or I'm sorry, not Wizard World, WonderCon?
3: Uh, tomorrow there's a Mark Wade panel. Yeah. Which I want to go to. That's I think a two thirty panel, one thirty. Uh, mm-hmm. Saturday there's the Scott Snyder thing at ten thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Sunday there's Stump Mark Wade, but that's at the same time I think as the community panel, so that's going to be a talk show.
1: Well, I think Mark Wade was actually soliciting for questions earlier this week on Twitter. So yeah, for CBR. And he's pretty accessible. Now, I, I'm going to guess that the Mark Wade panel is going to be full of his new digital comic initiative. So I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of time to talk about Daredevil and, and some of those other things. But uh, he did uh, message me and say that after WonderCon, he'd be more than happy to come on the show and talk all about his new new comic uh, digital comic line.
3: Yeah, sounds
1: good. Anything else?
3: No, I'm kinda of stalling out, sorry.
1: No, that's okay. Oh, You're probably tired. Thank you.
3: Oh no. It uh Critical Hits the reason I got into D and D pretty much and I've been playing for solid a year now. Which is really Excellent. great. Uh, no. Everything thank you and yeah, that's it.
1: Okay. Well you have a good time at the show and uh please let us know how your uh, how your trip went.
0: Thank
1: you. All right. Have a good time. Have a good
0: time, Agent X9.
1: <laughs> All right. I think that should wrap it up for this week's show. About an hour and a half there, a little bit longer than I thought we would go. But I'm so glad that so many people called in.
4: <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: It's always wonderful, Rodrigo. You know what else is wonderful? What? All those people who have donated to the cause. They are nice. Some of them have called in tonight. Nate Olson certainly called in. Yeah. Uh, And um, and we appreciate uh, everyone being generous with their dollars and and throwing those tips our way. It allows us to do more things like uh, this. And if we had enough, maybe someday we could do this. Every Friday, and be able to call it finally Friday instead of suddenly Thursday. <laughs> I kind of like suddenly Thursday. <laughs> we could do it on Thursday. That's fine by me. Uh, and we could do more live shows. But uh, you know, this this week has been a real time crunch for all of us. Matthew has been uh, putting down a, a rebellion uprising at his job. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I found
3: Rodrigo lack was of faith most was disturbing.
1: Man, <laughs> Rodrigo was deep into March Madness uh, uh. Uh, earlier this week, and. I was literally—I think people saw in in, in the Twitter feed—I uh, was in meetings from about nine forty-five Monday morning until about three thirty on Tuesday, seven
0: thirty-three on Thursday. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was—it felt like that, and and so you know that that puts a big crunch on us when our RWJs and that's real world job for those of you who are wondering—they mm-hmm. uh, do kind of get in the way, <laughs> and uh, but that's what pays the bills right now. Oh yeah, yeah. So those kind of things have to happen. So uh, we do have a plan. And um, we'd like to put it into practice someday. I don't think we could do a Kickstarter campaign, but uh, we'd certainly like to get this uh, up and off the ground and, and make this our full-time jobs at some point.
0: So. That's right. I've designed a headdress, so that's <laughs> step one of my plan.
1: <laughs> a headdress? Okay. <laughs> what does your headdress look like, Matthew? Does it have it a looks big kind of on like a
0: triceratops with weapons sticking out of my frill. It's awesome. Nice.
1: It's All a right, thank you so much something. for listening. Thank you for being part of the cause. Uh, our uh, email address, podcast at Majorspoilers.com. The website, Majorspoilers.com. I know some of you listen, but don't go to the website and vice versa. But if you're on the website and don't listen to the podcast, you didn't hear that last bit. Anyway, uh, we are also on the Twitter. You can find me at Majorspoilers.
4: Uh, you can find me at Fearsome Critter. And Matthew can be found at... Mighty king.
1: Cobra. Mighty King Cobra. And then somebody had asked in the Twitter earlier tonight, what about the rest of the Critical Hit crew? Um, you can or find Rob. Rob at Bor Immortal.
4: At Bor Immortal, B-O-R-I-M-M-O-R-T-A-L. There, okay. there is not an I, E, and, and it's rude to make jokes about that.
1: And I don't think uh, D&D Brian has no, caught up with technology.
4: No, 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 he has. Oh, okay. D&D Brian is just a uh sleek and well designed lurker he does not contribute <laughs> unless he absolutely has to so Solidized. he's on twitter he just he just never posts anything same you know he might do some stuff on facebook but uh yeah basically every, he's in he is in more communities than probably all of, of the rest of us put together He just does not contribute to them usually. All right, (laughs) listeners, that's it. That is such a fascinating. Mage, the hero
1: discovered next time on the Major Spoilers Podcast. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we'll talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit Major Spoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers.
2: If had X-ray vision of a Superman, I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, They kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! What do you think about a better way? If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. Would I back and board my comics With such a chance Guess I already told ya What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Start raving rich like a man of iron. Might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the hard cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a find, me in the middle place. With a Santo throwing soldier. What a major spoiler. Major Spoilers. Major Spoilers. It's copyright 2012.